Thank you. Actually, gotta... Put that on. Yay. Hey, everybody. My name is Alex Merced, Vice Chair of the Libertarian National Committee. Now, earlier there was a little exchange between the, the mats uh, where they mentioned something about changing, uh, whether you're changing the world from a municipal level. But I just want to kind of say one thing. I don't want to change the world. I want the world to change. And there's a very fundamental difference when you say it those two different ways. Because when you say, I want to change the world, you're saying you want to make one massive move. And that thinking of one person sort of moving everything in one direction is kind of how we get that thinking where people want to use more and more power to just force everyone into one direction. And that's how you kind of get that desire for more and more government. Vice versa, if you want the world to change, that means it changes from so many different levels. Every action, everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing, everything that everyone's doing is changing the world. What I want to do as a libertarian, and what I think the Libertarian Party inspires people to do, is that in every action, every aspect of their lives, to constantly be changing the world by living their life, by taking the power of their own individual liberty and actually using it, instead of just being complacent to the whims and desires of everybody else. And that's a powerful thing. We want the world to change. So I'm supremely optimistic on the Libertarian Party. There are so many reasons to be optimistic. Uh, coming out of 2018, uh, 2016 was, you know, a perfect year. It was a year that was very emerging party friendly. People were sort of dissatisfied with Republicans and Democrats and were looking for another option. So we did well, great. The question is what happens after? And we had a, a rush of new people, which is great. And we had some growing pains afterwards because when you have a rush of new people, it takes some time for, you know, everyone to kind of figure out how to coexist. And having gone to so many state conventions this year, I'm seeing that happen. I'm seeing people of all different stripes, experiences, perspectives, learning to coexist and work together to the ends of the Libertarian Party. And it's exciting. I'm seeing more people from convention to convention. I'm seeing leaderships that people are, are excited about, uh, plans, everything you want to see. And in 2018, we had some great wins to put on the board. Okay, in a year that was not emerging party friendly. 2018 was not a year where people were looking for an alternative. They were voting in fear. They, had the, they felt the need to vote for Democrats because they needed to make sure the Republicans would lose. They needed to vote for Republicans because they needed to make sure the Democrats would lose. It was people being voting because they were scared of what would happen because of fear. Okay? That's not a good environment for emerging parties. But despite that, we still elected Jeff Hewitt to the board of Riverside County in California, the highest elected libertarian in the country. This is a person who was the, before the mayor of Cala Mesa and actually was able to renegotiate the pensions and reform the pension system in Cala Mesa and take on the, the California state pension system. Not a, a, not a small feat. We, became, we were 50 shorts shy of, of defeating the Senate majority leader in Wyoming with Bethany Valdez. And I mean, they actually called the election for her that night. A, libert a libertarian candidate defeating the Senate Majority Leader in Wyoming. And then at the last minute, they found some more votes and it flipped. <laughs> and an unsealed bag. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. This is an unsealed bag. Um, and then you also had Larry Sharp getting us ballot access in New York. And it was an amazing performance in New York, especially if you've known the history and the challenges we've had in New York electorally. So we had some great wins. And all across the country, we saw vote totals that were higher than normal. Now, percentages were a little tough because you had a higher turnout election. So no matter, even if you got more votes, your percentages may not look as good. But we had more votes. That means more people casted their ballots for libertarians in a lot of races more than ever before in a year that you more than likely would have seen a retrenchment, where you would have seen less votes because people were scared. That is a lot of reason. That was also a year where we had a record-breaking convention. It wasn't a presidential year. We still had record-breaking <coughs> attendance, record-breaking revenue. 
We had record-breaking donations, high growth in membership. There's everything is moving in the right direction for the Libertarian Party. There's every reason to be excited about being involved in the Libertarian Party now. Okay? So, there are, and there's things that the Libertarian Party does. I always say that the Libertarian Party makes change in four different ways. Okay, people always focus on two of them. One, politics. And it's not just electing candidates. Political action takes place on many different levels. Yes, electing candidates to affect policy is something that we need to do. But also ballot initiatives to make direct changes to policy are things we can be doing. Going to your local uh, board meetings, city council meetings, to lobby, to, to get to know the people who are making decisions and having influence on their decisions, whether you're elected or not, is something you can be doing. Okay, so that's amazing. I'm seeing more and more of that going on from state to state. And that is very positive, that growing organization towards political action. Two, education. When you're doing that, you're going out there and you're promoting that idea of not just individual liberty, but individual responsibility. And just sitting there and saying, we want a world that's based on consent, reciprocity, and accountability. When we all sit there and make as many arrangements in our social and economic lives based on consent. Three, the thing is that a lot of times, you might have the right ideas, you might have the right logic, but people can only hear that if they're listening. And how do you get people to listen? You have to kind of reach their hearts. And that's where the community within the Libertarian Party, as the Libertarian Party grows, we are building a community within that is, a, that is an example of our ideas in action. When I go to the state, the state convention, I'm seeing people carpool with each other. I'm seeing people taking care of each other's kids. We are creating that voluntary community where it's there and say, hey, we're not gonna wait till someone forces us to help each other. We're gonna choose to help each other. We are an example of our ideas. And when people see the Libertarian Party and they see that community, they become envious. They're like, I wanna be part of that. That's cool. And by being closer together, by being that family, we can move people to our ideas and get them open to the logic, the knowledge, and the actions that they can take to change the world. So that building that community every day, and that also goes out to build it. You gotta go out to your communities and just bring that community in. Do that local barbecue. You don't have to talk politics every time. You can just say, hey, this is the Libertarian Party throwing a local barbecue, have some free burgers, let's have some fun, let's crack open some beers, and hopefully next time we can talk a little bit about taxes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you build that community, you encourage people to just be the world that you want to be. People always sit there and say, well, there, is there a libertarian country? But libertarian is an idea of how communities work, of how we socially arrange each other. The libertarian community, the libertarian party within it is that example of that libertarian world. And you know, you might have some libertarians in the Republican Party, you might have some libertarian in the Democratic Party, but you can't go and sit there and say, there's an example of a libertarian community. In the Libertarian Party, you can say that. And that's something that we can do uniquely. Four, a lot of reason why people are very skeptical of freedom and individual liberty is because of the wounds that they've occurred throughout their life. Throughout their life, things have happened. People have hurt them. They've lost the ability to trust others. By being part of that community, we heal those wounds. We, 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 we lift those scars so that suddenly they can start believing in individualism again, believing that people can be trusted and that we can coexist again. So that healing process that the community we build changes the world, which then opens up people to the ideas that we educate them about, which can then turn into the political actions that we're trying to achieve. So this, the Libertarian Party is changing the world at every level. But at the end of the day, it's not again changing the world, we're, making, we're helping the world change, step by step, brick by brick. And also, I just wanted to kind of take a moment and explain a lot about why I am so passionate about individual liberty, because it's Mother's Day weekend. And someone who had a huge, and actually, I really appreciate you guys having me here today, because if you guys did not have me here today for the Libertarian Party of Connecticut State Convention, I might have forgotten Mother's Day. 
and not have been here in Connecticut to be with my mom. And I mean, a lot of people always talk about how I'm nice. I'm one of the, I generally don't lose my cool. Even when people are mean, they challenge me. I always keep a happy face. I always keep talking. I always stay optimistic. I always stay positive. And my mom has really been my inspiration in that manner. Growing up, she was working multiple jobs, going to school, all at the same time to raise, as a single mom, raising me and my, my little brother. And despite all that, having so much on her plate and all the stress and all the strife all along the way, she'd still make time to sit there with the camcorder, record me and my little brother playing uh, in the backyard and all that. And she always kept a happy face, always stayed positive throughout all that. You know, and I know some days were harder than others, but she always stayed positive. And after seeing everything she went through, I know there's nothing that I can go through that would be as challenging as what she went through and successfully went through. I know when I was towards the end of high school and we went from not the best of places to the point where she could own a home, where she had a car, where she had all these things that, you know, were in doubt whether we would ever be in that place. She achieved it. It was, it was symbolic. It was a symbolic of what an individual can do if they want it enough, if they work hard enough. And to me, that's the message, that's the libertarian message, that you can do it. You can be something amazing if you just choose to be. We just need to convince people that choice is something that you have inherently in you that to make that choice. Another person I want to express appreciation for is someone I hope to make a mother someday, my wife Becky. <laughs> um, I've been involved with the Libertarian Party for a while, and it does take a lot of my time. And there are a lot of weekends where I'm not there to help out. I know I'm not there to help walk the dog, help uh, clean the bird's cage, uh, vacuum the apartment. And I appreciate the, the patience you've had with me and being by my side all these years with everything I've been doing. It's, it's, libertarianism isn't about being an island. It isn't about being, it's about the help that we give each other, but the help that we choose to give each other. By building that, again, it's about community. Because property rights, all the things that we believe in wouldn't matter if we were just an island by myself. If I was on an island by myself, I don't have to have a property rights argument over whose coconut that is. It's my coconut. There's no one to challenge that. <laughs> we need these ideas because we want to exist with each other. Because we want to have a better world where we can all coexist in our diverse and beautiful individual ways. And, but, we, but again, to have that world of consent, we don't do it alone. We do it together. But we do it because we want to be together. And Thank you guys for having me. My name is Alex Merced. I'll take some questions. <laughs> Any questions? Hopes, fears, dreams. I can, I can take questions about the Libertarian National Committee, my thoughts on literally anything. I have generally opinions on anything and everything. <laughs> Go for it. Alex, just in general, what do you feel the National Party or... Well, everywhere, but especially the National Party has to do to take this whole thing to the next level. Basically, what a good, great question. That's actually something I wanted to talk about. How you win? How do you? How do you? What's the next step? At the end of the day, I always think of it like a pyramid. Like people always talk to me, like, how do you win? You know, governor or president? And at the end of the day, one candidate cannot be everywhere at the same time. Like you mentioned, five times people got to see you, and you know, you, Larry, cannot be everywhere to see everybody five times within a short span. That's why you need local candidates. It's those local candidates that provide a libertarian that they can see five times. So as we grow and we can run more local candidates, as we have more local people in office, that builds credibility. That means you're going to get a little bit more donations, a little bit more media, a little bit more volunteers. And that builds that momentum that you can keep climbing up the ladder. 
So it's all that local organizing, that local outreach that really helps. And that's where things like the CRM project helps because having a customer relationship management software, a way of keeping track of that data so that when you reach out to your communities, you can keep track of who you're meeting, who you're contacting, when you've contacted them, that really helps make that more effective. Um, having things, another thing we do at Nationals, our staff, Apollo and Kara are amazing. I mean, Apollo played a large role in Bethany Valdez's uh, campaign and her being, you know, almost unseating a Senate Majority Leader. Kara was involved in many campaigns across the country, one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. And she's, like, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with Kara Schultz, her story is, uh, several years ago, she, was, she's, she serves in the city council of, of her town. And she decided to run when she got diagnosed with cancer. Like, in, in, the diagnosis wasn't very good. But despite that, she, was, she, she decided, you know what, if I only have a little bit of time, little bit of time to live, I'm going to do what I've been wanting to do, and I'm going to run as a libertarian for city council. And she knocked on doors, puking from door to door, um, you know, having to change socks. But she knocked on thousands of doors, and she won. And on the day she won, she found out uh, she was in remission. Uh, very amazing. Like, literally, like, just fills my heart with joy every time I see her. But she... Has been putting together uh, trainings across the country, putting together videos and whatnot, content that is available. You can reach out to her to get that content to be a more effective candidate. So those kind of resources, those kind of investments help candidates be better candidates. That local outreach, those local, that local action helps build the bench. Because again, no one, there's going to be no one libertarian who's going to sit there and just change the country's mind. We need a lot of people on the front lines talking to people every day. And also just ballot access support. I mean, making sure that you guys can get on the ballot, making sure that every state can get on the ballot, we support when we can. Now, which is why it's important to support national, to support your state party, to support your local party. Um, but before I do a little bit more, talk a little bit more about support, let me see if there's any other questions. Good talk, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Um, my question is about dynamic that we see where libertarian candidates tend to poll reasonably well prior to the election. I think there's a lot of receptivity to, to the ideas. Mm -hmm. Then when they get in the ballot box, they, they're not ready to, to push the button for the libertarian. And I don't know whether it's because they're concerned about you know, the so-called spoiler effect. You know, a vote for libertarian is actually going to end up electing a progressive. Mm -hmm. How do we address that, that concern? I mean, the, the spoiler effect Here's the thing. If we're growing as a party, our vote totals are going to grow. You don't go from 1% to 50% in one fell swoop. They grow and grow. So there's going to be a point where we're going to have very consequential numbers that will change the result of elections. That's a, that's a healthy sign. That means we're growing. But that's going to be the reality of it. But two, what happens oftentimes at the very end of a race, what's there's two ways you can get people to do something. Hope and then there's fear. Fear is very powerful. Okay? This is why, this is why generally politics, people rely on fear. Basically saying, well, if, 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 uh, if I, maybe you don't like me, but if the other guy wins, horrible things are going to happen. Monsters are going to appear from under your bed. Okay? And long as I can make you more scared of the other person, you will vote for me against that person. And that's generally how people focus a lot of their campaigns. Basically being like, oh, well, the world's going to fall. But the, thing, the problem is, while that can win elections, that also drives us further apart. Because it, it emphasizes what divides us and makes those divisions greater, which also tears apart the fabrics of how our community, our local communities, which which has actual real world outcomes. Because when we're scared to talk to each other, when we're more polarized from each other, that means we're not going to be carpooling, we're not going to be taking care of each other's kids, and that has real costs that end up affecting our paychecks when we, when there's more people ask for more programs because we're not helping each other. 
Um, so, that, so fear politically is very effective, but as far as actual social outcomes, horrible. This is why to me it's important as a libertarian, which is a much harder job, is to sell hope, to sell the hope of what, and at the end of the day, well, we have to sell hope because we're asking people not to give up more of their rights. We're asking them to take them back. And people are not going to take their rights back because they're scared. That's why they give them up. They're saying, I'm scared, take it, please. Just do what you got to do to protect me. To take back their rights, people got to feel like, well, if I take it back, amazing things can happen. We got to sell hope. And that's a harder message to sell because if people are scared, but that's what happens. At the end, the fear factor becomes so much greater at the end of the election that people at the last minute go, well, I mean, I like the Libertarian Party candidate, but I really don't like that other candidate. So they end up voting. Like, this is what happened with Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp was pulling really well for a good portion of the race, but at the very last minute, what they did, and at the end of the day, you can pay pollsters to kind of design a poll to kind of do pretty much whatever you want. Um, so the Republican came out with a poll that showed still very far behind, but with a decent jump. And if you take a look at the methodology of the poll, it, was, it wasn't the best methodology. But they were able to build this narrative that suddenly he's coming back. Even though he's 20 points behind, he's making a comeback at the last minute. Somehow he's going to make up 20 points in the last week. So a lot of people jump ship. They love Larry. They go, I love you, Larry. But at the last minute, you know, I really just can't stand another four years of Cuomo. Um, even though, again, 20 minutes behind. And that was, the, that was after the supposed improvement in the polling numbers. Um, so that fear factor is hard to overcome. But I think it's still important, despite the effectiveness of fear, to come forward with the message of hope. Because that does, when, when you bring people together, when you try to heal those divisions, we're trying to make the world better. And getting people to be able to interact with each other, to associate with each other, to heal those divisions, I think, is a tremendous value and has a tremendous value to society in itself. And we'll be rewarded, down the, we'll be rewarded with growth. I mean, again, if people see that community within the Libertarian Party, they're going to want to be part of it. The more kinder we are with each other, the more they're going to want to be part of that network. And as that network grows, you'll see the electoral results. You will see the education results. You'll see the edu- results on, on all fronts. But we have to make people feel comfortable, happy, open again. And that's something that's, you know, the other parties are just slowly moving in the opposite direction. Any other questions? Okay. So then I want to do one more thing before I wrap it up. Now, I want to make sure that we get some more money in the coffers of the Libertarian Party of Connecticut. Okay, because I always, so basically here's my book, Profits Are Generosity, Entrepreneurship is Philanthropy, and I came out with this last December, it's just a brief book, book, brief book that goes over sort of my libertarian worldview briefly, like literally there's, the idea is just the, if you meet someone who's not a libertarian and you're trying to get a quick way for them to understand the basics, this is this, but we've, I've been auctioning this off for the state parties as I go from state to state, and in Minnesota, we auctioned off a copy for over $100. In Pennsylvania, we auctioned off a copy for over $200. And in California, we auctioned off a copy for over $300. Okay? Talk about raising expectations. Yes. You got to set the bar. Sales. Okay? Um, but again, whoever buys this book tonight, you are, the money's not going to me. It's going to the Libertarian Party of Connecticut to help, help your candidates to help your party continue to fight against the things that are moving things in the wrong direction. So, and this is autographed, by the way. So let's start off the bidding at, let's say, 20. Who, who's willing to bid 20 for this book? I bid 20. 20. 20. Do I hear 30? 30. 30. 30. 30. Do I hear 40? 40. 40. Okay, 40. Do I hear 50? 50. Now, the 2019 candidates, are all four of you still here? Okay, would you guys be willing to sign this book as well? 
Yes. Only okay. someone goes for 50, though. Okay, so for 50, would someone want... You also get all four of the 2019 candidate signatures. I'll do 60 if Matt doesn't sign it. Okay. <laughs> right. so oh, 60. which Matt? Which Matt? <laughs> okay, so for 60, Roger's got it without Matt's signature. Which Matt? <laughs> okay. Make it sign. Huh? Okay, you can sign. Okay, so 60 for Roger? Yep. Okay. Anyone want to go to 70? 65? Go on once. Wait, I got a suggestion. Go for it. I love bidding on your own book because we have a copy at home. But why don't you offer what you did for the other conventions? Oh. Oh, yes. Thank you. Good call. Yes. Okay, for $70, I will actually also write vulgarity in the book. I will let you choose what that vulgarity is. So, vulgarity of your choice. So, for $70, who will get all four 2019 candidate signatures, my signature, and vulgarity of your choice by me? Written in the book for $70. I have a point of information. Point of information. Have you ever heard the joke, The Aristocrats? Yes, but do it again. Can you write your own version in there? Yes, but you'll have to remind me what it is. Cause no oh my, you've never heard the joke. I saw the documentary on the joke. Yes, yes. But I forgot. <laughs> Blacked out, understandably so. Yes, but I will. But yep. 70? 70? No, no, no one wants vulgarity? I'll go 70. 70, okay, 70 with vulgarity. Okay, let's see here. Do, 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 do. How can we sweeten the pot? Okay. Yep, wait, Jeff, what were you going to say? Draw a dick. No. <laughs> well, that would be vulgarity. So if you want, would you be willing to pay 80 for that? I'll, I'll go to 100 if you draw a penis. Okay, 100 for, 100 for that. <laughs> okay. So anyone willing to go to 110? <laughs> Next time I'm in Connecticut, I will be more than glad to do your windows. <laughs> Going once? 110. Oh, 110? Okay, 110. So do you, you want me to do your windows? <laughs> you, 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 you don't have to do the windows, but you have to tell your own version of the aristocrats right here. Okay. Oh, oh, I don't know. Right right <laughs> no, no, you don't. Just okay. kidding. Joke. <laughs> Insert joke here. Parentheses. Tell okay. a Helen Keller joke, though. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, she won't hear it. <laughs> there you go. You just go for it. But, yes. Everyone's favorite card in Cards Against Humanity. Um, there's one. Okay. Actually, my favorite card was a bucket of child's tears, but, you know. Yes. So interchangeable in that game. We'll give everyone one chance to go with the B-110. Does anyone want 120? Going once? Going twice? Going two and a half times? <laughs> You're breaking my balls, Alex. I'm up to 120. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Yes, and thank you so much, Dan, for this that donation that to the Libertarian Party of Connecticut. Now, is anyone else going to commit to another $10 donation to the Libertarian Party of Connecticut right now? Okay, one. Anybody else? Yep. One, two, three, four. 
Four, five, six. Okay, so keep your hands up. Okay, and then uh, uh, tre- I guess treasure. Or we'll go around and start uh, figuring all you guys out. So he's the guy to go see. Uh, you have a question? If you have a pen, bring it. Yes. Okay. So guys, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for having me again. It's appreciated. This is a homecoming. This is the state that I grew up in. This is the state that I got married in. Um, it's the state. Well, I, uh, was it something they taxed? <laughs> yes, taxation. <laughs> but I'm, hey, I'm leaving. I'm probably leaving New York too. So. <laughs> so thank you guys very much. Thank you. Nobody else told your mother that you forgot about Mother's Day. That's all on you. <laughs> you so don't you have the, to draw the dick in my book. Okay. Voting, I'm waving uh, that requirement. Cool.